If you would, please, I'd like to uh, just bring your attention to 1 Peter tonight. So if you'll turn there in 1 Peter chapter 1. I was reading, I got a real blessing this afternoon. I hope it'll be a blessing to you tonight. But 1 Peter chapter 1. Now again, reading verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bethany, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, under obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and it fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, and whom, through now you, uh, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you bless each one who's come from thy word. Lord, it's so precious to read and study how you bless us. And now, Lord, we, we don't want to forget that. So we ask you to bring our attention to it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what I was wanting to bring your attention tonight is a solid Christian always has something to be thankful for, amen, or to praise the Lord for, or to rejoice in. In the first few verses, we're taught, number one, that we are in Christ by faith, in His shed blood on Calvary. We're in God's elect by the foreknowledge and mercy and grace of God. Number two, we're taught our lively hope in verse three, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Number four, uh, our inheritance, since we are in Christ Jesus by faith, in heaven and all its glory, and that's eternal glory. In verse five, we are kept in God's elect, or we are saved and kept saved by the power of God, not by works which we have done. Uh, number six, we will be revealed as God's trophies of grace, of His grace, at the second coming of Christ. Now, all of these things are taught in the first five verses. Then God begins in verse six, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, if you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Notice the first word within in verse six. In verse 6 it says, Wherein you are greatly rejoiced. Now in that word it refers 
to what Peter has just told us back in the first five verses of the greatness of their present state and what a grand future Christians have ahead of them. Now in this condition, you greatly rejoice though now for a season or a little while, if need be, you are made sorrowful through manifold temptations. There's five things about verse 6 I'd like to give you tonight. Number one, every good, solid Christian always has something he can rejoice in. Great rejoicing contains more than an inward placade or a, a serenity of mind or a sensation of comfort. Great rejoicing will show itself in the countenance and conduct and especially in praise and gratitude. I, every once in a while, I guess all of us get the mother grubs or what I call them, or just get down a little bit. And every once in a while, God will send me something in my life to rejoice in. And today was one of those days. I was uh, shopping at a hardware store and a young man come in and I didn't see him. And he said, Hey, Ledoux, that's my first name. And of course, when somebody calls your name, you turn around. He said, I knew you'd turn around if I hollered your name. He said, I'm sorry for calling you Ledoux. I should have called you Preacher. But I knew you'd turn around if I called you Ledoux. And it's a young man I hadn't seen in I don't know how many years. He said, I just wanted to tell you uh, how much my daddy told me before he preached you, before he died, you preached his funeral what you meant to him. Now, I don't know about you, but that made me have a good time the rest of the day. Amen? And I've thought about that all afternoon. Uh, I don't know. I know one thing. Me and him had some great time serving the Lord. And me and his son there in the store just rejoiced in some of the things that we got to do together years ago when he was just a little boy. And me and him daddy, me and his daddy drove an old Sunday school bus and brought kids to Christ and they got saved and lives changed. And I was telling him, even now as a pastor, I see them every once in a while, those boys and girls that rode on our bus years ago. And God has a way of giving you something that you can always rejoice in. I don't care what's going on. He'll give you something you can rejoice in. The greatest joy of a Christian comes from spiritual and heavenly things. And the greatest joy of a Christian comes from his relationship to God and to heaven. They're great treasure laid up in heaven, and they're sure. We have the title to them in Christ Jesus. You think about it. There's a lot of things that we're going to meet when we get to heaven, and nothing can take it away from us. Amen? It's laid up in Christ Jesus. Yet the best of Christians do have a reason to greater rejoice may yet be in great heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, that simply means all sorts of adversities or temptations, trials of faith, trials of patience, trials of consistency. Seldom ever do these come simply, uh, just one at a time or singly, uh, but in bunches. Or in the Bible says, are manifold. That means a bunch. They come from different directions. And the effect of all these is great heaviness. Now, what we as Christians need to remember is as long as we're in these bodies, we're subject to sorrows, personal, 
domestic, but as Christians we're obliged in frequent sorrow. Uh, it's our duty to God to praise His name always. Just say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Now, we, in, uh, we are to have compassion towards others. And when we see what the devil come, causes humans to suffer in all kinds of ways, we're like Paul said in Romans chapter 9, verse 2, that I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. Now, why, Paul? Because Paul's brethren, the Jews, were not coming to Jesus as Savior, and Paul knew that hell was waiting for them. We have great heaviness because of that. Amen? I got a lot of good friends, and I mean friends of mine, that I know if they don't make a decision for Christ before they die, which they haven't done so far as I know of, and by their testimony, that uh, if they don't, before they die, they're going to spend eternity in hell. That's heaviness. Amen? That bears on our hearts. Uh, but uh, again, thank God, uh, the afflictions and sorrows of good Christians are but for a little while. Uh, they are but a season. Now, I know, I know a lot of people that suffer right on to death. And you say, well, I thought it was just going to last a little while. That's what Paul's talking about. If you're in sufferings, it don't matter if it suffers to the day you die, ain't it? That's just a little while. Amen? And then it's over with. You don't have to suffer no more. And because life itself is short. Now, so the sorrow of life to the Christian cannot go beyond the grave. And not so far as the lost sinner's concerned, though. The Bible says his sufferings just started. I, I laughed at a man one time. He's talking about uh, that he was just going to commit suicide and end it all. And I said, buddy, if you know not Christ as your Savior, your suffering just begun. And your trouble's just begun. Now, great heaviness is also necessary to a Christian's good, though. Notice the words, if need be, in verse 6 again. Watch it. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now foreseen, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, the word, to, if need be, uh, you are in heaviness. God does not afflict His people willingly nor needlessly, but God acts with judgment in proportion to our needs. Well, I'll show you something. Turn to First Thessalonians a minute. Just back up a little bit to First Thessalonians. And look with me in chapter 3. I want to just read you a few little verses. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, look at verse 3. That no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Uh, go on down to verse 12, same chapter. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another and toward all men even as we towards you. And then look at verse 13. To the end, he may establish may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. What he's saying here is, these troubles that be lie heavy upon us never come upon us unless we have need of them, and they never stay any longer than God wants us to have them 
or that we need those troubles upon us. Now, verse 7, very interesting verse, that the trial of your faith uh, being much more precious than a gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Now, notice something here. Uh, here, Peter is expressing the end of their afflictions and the ground of their joy in their afflictions. The end of good people's affliction is a trial of their faith. What the meaning of these troubles is life. God's trying your faith. Now, what this simply means, what the nature of this trial, it's more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Now, notice what's the effect of this trial. It will be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you something here real quick. God's design in affliction His people is their probation, not their destruction. Their advantage, not their ruin. Now, a trial is an experiment made upon a man by some difficulties to prove the value and strength of his faith. Our, Christian depend, our Christianity depends upon our faith. Now, get this. I got saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So did you. So our Christianity depends on our faith. Amen? Now, when you think about that for just a minute, if our faith is no good, then there's nothing else that is spiritually good in us. Notice also, if our faith stands firm, then all else will stand firm also. Now, Christ prayed for our faith in John chapter 17, verse 17, and Luke chapter 22 and verse 32. Jesus himself prayed for our faith. And the disciples, Lord, help us to believe. Help us with our faith. Amen? And we pray for that every day. Lord, I need more faith. Lord, increase my faith. Amen? Now, gold is only pure precious gold when it has been through the fire and all the impurities burned off. The only way we can know true faith in God and in Christ Jesus as our Savior is by going through the fires of trials and testing. In other words, how do you know for sure that you'll stand until you're tried? You don't. You don't. I've often said this, and I mean it from my heart. If, if I knew my heart right now, if it comes a time that the uh, government could walk in the building and say, you can't preach anymore the Word of God, I wonder would I stand anyhow and preach the Word of God? Would I have enough faith? I don't know till I get there. And I know people that say, boy, what if I used, was to lose a leg? Or what if I used to lose an arm? Or, or what if I was to do? Would I have enough faith uh, to keep going for the Lord? You don't know till you get there. And what God is saying here, the trial of your faith is what makes your faith strong. Then you'll know. You'll know your faith is strong. And why should a child of God go through trials and trouble? Number one, that they themselves may know the comfort of knowing real faith. Number two, that God may receive the glory uh, for our faith. We'll have no right uh, to brag or boast of all on our own then. And number three, the other may have uh, the benefit of our faith. We tell others how good God is in all of it. Now, all three of those things is why God lets us go through trials. Number one, 
that they have the comfort of real faith. Number two is by the glory of God. We can't boast of anything. God's in control. And number three, uh, we tell others how good God is all, all the way through it. Amen? Now that's the reason we go through it. A trial faith is much more precious than tried gold. Now I want you to watch this. In both, there's a purification and there's a separation of the dross and a discovery of the soundness and goodness of things. But gold decreases by trial in the faith. Gold must perish at the end in fire. But faith tried in the fire is established. It's improved. It multiplies. And it will never perish. It's more precious than gold. Now look at chapter 1, verses 5 for just a minute. Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith under salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perishes, though it be tried of fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What is? Your faith. Your faith is what's going to be on display. Whom having not seen, you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I read a story, and I don't even know if I can tell it right, but I know it was inspiration to me. Uh, the part that I remember of it. Uh, a young football player years ago was playing football and he got in an accident and uh, he lost his leg. He couldn't play anymore and his daddy wanted to see him play football so much. And uh, his daddy died and went to heaven and uh, the boy also died and went to heaven and his daddy said, and he said to his daddy, now I can play. Amen. And when you think about that, that's what this faith that God's talking about is all about. Uh, all of us. And you better remember this. We're all decreasing. We're not increasing. You know, everybody says, well, we're getting better every day. You might be, but I ain't. And I don't know anybody that is. We're decreasing. Amen. And as we go through this decreasing of life, you can like it or not, you're going to have trials and tribulations and you're going to have difficulties in this life. And what God is looking for is somebody that will stand by their faith no matter what comes in their life, that God can say there's one, just like He did Job. Job was tried by the devil and God said, try him, you'll see what he is. And He turned the devil loose on him. But in the end... Uh, God blessed Job twice as much as he did in the beginning. And that's what it's all about. Amen. And and I, I, I wish I understood all that's involved in what I was just telling you. But you cannot until you go through it yourself. It's just like uh, a lady told me one time, I, I'm, I can't think of her name right now, but... Uh, uh, she told me, I said, I went to see her in the hospital, and I said, uh, I, I sure feel for you. You had your knee operated on. She said, no, you don't. And I said, well, I think I do. I said, you know you don't. Now, your wife can, because she had her knees operated on, but you ain't had yours operated on. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> I know we'll forget that, but she's exactly right. What I was trying to do was sympathize with her, but in reality you can't until you've been through it. Amen? Somebody, we, we see a, a loved one or somebody died. Somebody went on to be with the Lord. We go up to him, put our arms around him. Uh, I sure feel for you. No, you can't until yours died. And I preached to many a funeral of people that lost their loved ones until my daddy died. And when my daddy died, then I could sympathize with him, but not until down deep in my heart I could feel for him, but not like after my daddy died. It was different then. Then I could put my arm around and say, I understand. Amen. And that's why that when your faith is tried, it's in the fire. True faith will stand. You'll always praise the Lord. I don't care what's going on. It's good to be alive and it's good to be God's children. Amen. And we live by faith, not by sight. And I know, I've never seen Jesus, but brother, i tell you one thing, I know He is because the Bible says so and I talked to Him this morning. Amen. And He talked to me from His Word. And you just think about that all the time. God's good. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, will You bless Your children tonight. Watch over and keep us. Bless the faithful ones, dear God, that comes and listen to Your Word. And bless those that could not be with us tonight, that they can be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Shake hands with somebody before you go.